What is up, everyone? Welcome back. Show about sports. You already know what time it is. It's the Super Bowl. That's what we're previewing today, just like we have previously previewed every single other round of the playoffs. Shout out to everyone that's been enjoying these. That's why I keep pumping them out because you guys have really enjoyed the content that I've been producing here and on threads. So shout out to everyone on threads. I think we just passed 2,300 followers on that. That's insane. So shout out to all you guys that follow me and listen along, not only to the podcast, but mostly to my short form content on threads. And hey, there might be something fun coming later in the week on threads. So make sure you follow along. If you haven't already, click that follow button. Let's connect. Let's talk about sports. I'm just your average guy that wants to talk about sports for a living. So If that is what you were looking for today, you have landed in the right spot. We have a rematch of Super Bowl 54 here, Chiefs versus 49ers. This podcast is different than all the other podcasts because we're going to get down to the points, get down to the facts that matters, and do it in a timely manner so you can keep enjoying the rest of your day. But nevertheless, it's Super Bowl week, so let's jump into this. Man, oh man, what a playoffs it has been. If you've been listening to my other episodes, it's been fun. So far overall, I'm 8-4 and four in my picks. So, hey, some would say, you know, I know a thing or two. But 8-4, and four, hey, that's a that's a decent team heading to the playoffs. You just add a couple more wins under there. Um, but, yeah, it's been super fun talking about this. I get amped up to get into these details and kind of hit on these key factors. I mean, the game's in Vegas this year. What what's not to like? That's awesome. So excited for this rematch of Super Bowl Fifty Four, like I alluded to earlier, and like I've done in the other podcast episodes, I've kind of gone over, have a bunch of notes here that I want to review and just kind of discuss my feelings on it. So let's jump into number one. So my first bullet of the day is Chiefs are second in points allowed and yards per game, and the Forty ers are third in points per game. So that's a big deal. The Chiefs' defense is stout. But the 49ers offense is stout. At the end of the day, something's going to have to budge. And if you've been following my threads, I've been shouting out kind of these metrics throughout the week that are really important to watch because both teams have strengths and weaknesses. Yes, they're Super Bowl teams, but like any team, no team is perfect. It's just not how it works. So here are a couple sub bullets of that one that I think are really important. Last week, the Chiefs were able to slow down the hottest offense in the league. Are they going to be able to do it again? Now, They were able to slow down the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and a great supporting cast around him. But when you compare the supporting cast of the Ravens to the 49ers, there's no way you can be like, I like the Ravens offense more than I like the 49ers offense. I'm talking weapons. You think Debo to Zay Flowers, you're picking Debo. You think Hill and Mitchell to Christian McCaffrey, you're picking McCaffrey. And if you think about Lamar Jackson to Purdy, that's where you would pick Lamar Jackson over Purdy. But some people are really on the bandwagon of Brock Purdy. And he is in proving all the doubters wrong and showing that he can, first of all, be a game manager at the very least. And he's able to do a little bit uh, when called upon. I mean, that comeback last week was insane. Again, wasn't all him, but very important to call that out there. And what's really important about the 49ers and what I think the Chiefs are going to have to strive to do is slow down their momentum. If we learned anything about the NFC Championships... It's that the 49ers are a momentum-based team. Let me tell you, getting punched in the mouth and getting down 14 to 0, and I think it was like 24, 21 to 7 and a half, that is a that is the worst case scenarios for the 49ers. So if the Chiefs can do that, I have a little bit more confidence in Andy Reid and the coaching staff and Mahomes to be able to manage the rest of the game if they get up in that sort of ball game. So 
that's going to be super important. If the Chiefs can come out with their second in points allowed and second in yards per game defense and slow down McCaffrey and slow down Debo and don't let Brock get a little, start feeling himself a little bit, we might have a might have an interesting game here that would favor the Chiefs in that aspect. Also, here's an interesting note about the 49ers because I know a lot of people just heard that Brock Purdy kind of slander, but it wasn't slander. I'm trying to give him props here at the end of the day. But when I see stats like this, I'm like, God, okay. I don't know how I feel about this. The 49ers are eighth in rush attempts and 32nd in pass attempts. <laughs> So if you're not familiar, there are only 32 teams in the NFL, and they're last in pass attempts, which me, which can tell us so many different stories. It can tell us the positive story, the glass half full. They throw the ball when they need to, and Purdy makes those catches. That's I mean, makes those throws. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. Or it can tell you that Shanahan runs a 60-40 split where they want to run more than pass and at the end of the day they have Christian McCaffrey where their 60-40 actually turns out to be 80-20 because they're so effective on the ground and so they don't have to pass as much so there's a lot of different ways you can spin this here and what's interesting about their offense is a lot of those sweeps and drags and using Debo in the backfield and Ayuk it's hard to sometimes determine what is a pass I know Originally, we think just down the field, but when pitches and shovels and passes like that are involved, it can really convolute those stats a little bit. But I think it's really important to note that you have to be able to stop. Um, you have to be able to stop and think, okay, Purdy's not tossing dimes. He might have the most yards per attempt in the air, air yards. Like I know, I think he's at least top five in that. But Remember, he's throwing the least number of passes. So that average is going to be way higher than it is for, let's say, like Kirk Cousins, you know, when he throws like 50 balls a game. Sometimes they don't even run the ball in Minnesota. So I think that's a really important thing to call out here. Defenses up front, being able, and just in the game overall, momentum is a huge factor in games like this. So that is kind of my first point here. We talked about Christian McCaffrey. I have to highlight this stat every single time. And I, now I have to highlight a Kansas City stat that also counterproves, or not counterproves it, but counterpoints this point. So the 49ers are now 12 and 1 when CMC or Christian McCaffrey rushes for 75 plus yards. Here's the caveat the Kansas City Chiefs are 28th in yards per carry. So they give up 4.5 yards per carry. You think, oh gosh, that's Christian McCaffrey's best day. And I agree. But Kansas City is 7-0 when they hold teams under to a hun- under 110 rushing yards. So you do some math here and you start thinking about it. Okay, CMC is going to be really important in this game. He's been important in every game. He's my personal MVP if I could give it to someone. I think if any year we're not giving it to a quarterback, this feels like that year. Kind of like with Cooper Cup a couple of years ago. Both of those guys had insane years. So if you think about this, they only... 110 rush yards. That's a that's a pretty good day on the on the ground for Christian McCaffrey. And what's interesting is they haven't had to use him all the way to the end of the game sometimes and they're able to splash some other guys in and use Debo across the board. So, Christian McCaffrey putting up 75 and then Debo putting up 20, maybe Ayuk, backup running backs, etc. That is going to play into their hand. But Kansas City can't really slow down the run. Unfortunately, we saw that against the Lions where Montgomery and Gibbs and even Jamison Williams had a field day. Yes, more at the beginning of the game. They tightened up in the second half. But at the beginning, they just let him run run rampant. So 
if I'm the 49ers, I'm looking at the Detroit's opening script, and I want to do the exact same thing to the Chiefs if I want to win. And if I'm the Chiefs, I want them to throw the ball on us more. I want them to throw the ball, and I don't want Christian McCaffrey getting a ton of touches and a lot of burst plays because I know he's one or two when it comes to yards per carry on his own side, which I think he rushes above 4.5 yards per carry. So I think at the end of the day, that's going to be super important. So keep that in mind. I've been threatened about it. 12 and 1 when CMC runs 75 yards or more. That's crazy. But then when I saw Kansas City holds teams under 110, they win. All right. Something's going to budge there. That's the Super Bowl for you. And that's kind of the theme of this podcast. Something is going to have to budge. Okay. My next point is pro Mahomes because, gosh, even in his worst statistical year, he. <laughs> of his career. He comes in on a heater. Mahomes in the playoffs so far has thrown four touchdowns, 107, uh, no, 100.7 passer rating, zero interceptions and 68% passing completions. The 49ers, however, have a stout pass defense that has only allowed four 100 point passer rating games this year. So they have the defense to go up against Mahomes, but let's just remember Mahomes is dominated and he's only averaged around 100 for these playoffs. So you don't need a massively over 100 passer rating game to win a game at the end of the day. And Mahomes just came off playing the toughest defense. He's now going to play an easier defense statistically. The 49ers have been up and down. They're stout. They have the names and they have the ability, but they have been kind of like the Eagles where you're like one week, you really like them. Next week, you don't. And When we look at Mahomes overall, he's coming in off of the season with his career high in interceptions, 14, career low in passer rating average overall at 92.6. So every sign is pointing you to be like, if you're going to beat Mahomes, this is the year. But then you're like, hold on. He just went on this heater of beating the Dolphins, the Bills, and then the Ravens. Three teams that we all, I know this is kind of, loose phrasing we all thought at one point could be Super Bowl contenders like the Bills came into the season high aspirations this is their year to beat beat the Chiefs take that next step and they kind of were on that trend at the end of the year where they were playing like they couldn't lose and they literally couldn't and they kept winning which gave us all hope to oh man they they are playing single elimination style for like eight straight weeks they're ready for this the Dolphins putting up 72 points on people we thought the highest high flying offense kind of like what we thought about the Rams when they were starting out that they were just going to take the lead league by storm because offense matters more than defense and then we think about the Ravens who had both sides of the ball great offense and great defense and Mahomes was able to go through all of them Now, I'm making this bullet point about Mahomes because it's easy to talk about the quarterback and it is the most important position on the field, but shout out to everybody on that team. I mean, Travis, Kelsey to Christian Jones to Snead to McDuffie to Carl Loftus, everyone. Everyone has been showing out at the right time, and this is the worst case scenarios for football fans that don't like the Chiefs because they're like, of course, they catch fire just like the Patriots used to do back in the day, just like any good team used to do. And that's kind of, I'm comparing the dynasties because that's there's only fewer far between dynasties out, out there. So it's almost like you can't use anything from Patrick Mahomes' regular season stats for the Super Bowl and be like, well, he did throw 14 interceptions. Well, he hasn't thrown one in like five games now. So I think he's dialed it in. 
He's using his legs more. He's able to throw Travis Kelsey is, I swear, open all the time. And I'm sorry, but like you watch the routes and you're just like, somebody check him at the line. Somebody stick with him. Like make him throw, make Mahomes throw to somebody else. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. So that is a big bullet point for me where the summary is, do we just throw everything out and we Mahomes is just Mahomes in playoff mode right now? I think that might be the case. Okay. So my next bullet point is from the boys up front, the trenches, the O-line versus D-lines. There's so many matchups at such an important position is my bullet point for this. And so I kind of want to go over them here. So we look at KC's side and they got, you know, Chris Jones and Karloftis coming at the ball. Then we have on the other side, Bosa, Hargrave, and Chase Young, newly acquired, coming across the other way. So riddle me this. Whoever can get more pressures in this game might win this game. If we look back and we see a, you know, 15 to 7 pressures, I'm going to take a guess that the team that was able to get 15 pressures, maybe a couple knockdowns, two or three sacks, wins the game. That's how important this position is in football, especially with deter like stopping Mahomes because if he's not able to get out of the pocket and he has multiple guys coming at him he's going to struggle and the same with Purdy he's going to claim up even quicker than a Mahomes because he's on the younger side still learning the game at the end of the day even though we saw some magicalness from Purdy last week dodging dudes left and right on Detroit so shout out to him for that but the big boys up front they got to not only get pressure, but stop the run, specifically more on KC's side versus the 49ers side because they don't struggle as much um, uh, on that overall, and they don't have as much to go up. I, I love Pacheco, but I don't know if he's Christian McCaffrey. I think that's safe to say. So there's that. And then we think about the O-lines where we think about the outside guys. You think about Smith and Taylor for Kansas City, and you think about Williams and McGivitz for the 49ers. Now, Trent Williams is probably second MVP on this team behind Christian McCaffrey. He is solid. He's not going to have any issues. I expect Karloftis to go to the opposite side of him as much as he can, and Chris Jones even to the opposite side so they don't have to mess with him and instead go against McKivitz. But the thing about him is he was giving up a lot of sacks, but these past two games he hasn't given up any sacks, especially in the NFC Championship. So a weak link that was thought to be steps up in the big moments. I expect nothing less for him today. Now on Kansas City side, it's a little more suspect with Smith and Taylor. Not as proven, have had issues all year, but are hitting the right stride today as of where we are as their team. But I get a little bit worried. I get a little bit worried when you have three or four guys on the other side that are going to be able to come at you. Yeah, we can think about the Ravens and they had the same thing where they had Van Noy and Clowney, but Every day of the week, you are taking Chase Young and Nick Bosa over those two, which means I think there's going to be more pressure ability for the 49ers that the Kansas City's not seen yet overall. And kind of overall in the playoffs, because, yeah, the Bills kind of gave him some trouble in that, and we saw how that went when Mahomes had to get on his feet, and yet he made things work. The thing, though, there that you have to remember is the Bills didn't really have very good middle linebackers or linebackers in general. So Mahomes was able to get out of the pocket, cook those guys, or just dump it off to somebody across the middle. Good thing about the uh, the 49ers is they have one of the best middle linebackers and you know outside linebacker in the game that also match up the best against tight ends in the league. So they might be taking away Kelsey's ability to be that safety valve and Mahomes' ability to run because let me tell you, the last guy I want to run away from is Dre Greenlaw when he's barreling down at me or Fred Warner jumping across three dudes 
just to tackle me. So super important thing to call out there. And another little side tidbit too that I think is important and gives kind of props to Brock Purdy here is Purdy has the best passer rating in all of the NFL versus the Blitz, 132.3, almost perfect. And the Chiefs like the Blitz. I don't know if you know that. They're the seventh most in Blitz rate. Now, you probably saw that last week where Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, should have scrambled a little bit more, should have been a little more active. It's like guys are going to speed up in games like these, so I know you're fast, but you got to be a little bit faster. But that's here nor there now. But what, what I'm saying overall is Brock Purdy, knows how to get the ball out, and Shanahan knows how to scheme him to get the ball out. Let's think if Spagnola is going to run even half the amount of blisses as they did against the Ravens, I would expect Shanahan to have the perfect game plan to kind of get around that using a lot of Debo across the middle. Ayuk uh, shoots down the sideline where they're going to just give it an attempt. And then Kittle, I mean, is going to help out with any sort of blitz protection and Kyle Juszczyk as well. They're built to withstand a blitz. That's why Purdy, I think, is so good at uh, throwing against the blitz. Now, this kind of goes into my next point here where we talk about the coaching battle. Last week, we this wasn't really a narrative until after the game when people started to come, for, come through with this thought, and I think we all should have taken a step back and thought about this, me personally as well, because I picked against the Chiefs last week, and I picked against the Chiefs multiple times, and I think... Coaching likes to get thrown out as not super important. We can say NBA, it's not as important. But in NFL, it's probably the most important out of most sports. Like maybe any sport because they are literally calling the plays on the field to go against the other side. Now, in basketball, they do the same thing. Baseball, I think they do the same thing. I mean, who knows? But you know what I mean? When when you think about the coaching battle overall, I think it has to be a factor in determining who you think is going to win. I don't know why I thought I was going to doubt Andy Reid for multiple weeks in a row. And I don't know why I, I didn't doubt the 49ers, but I don't, for a, for a second, everyone was like, Dan Campbell, he's got the energy, he's the coach. But at the end of the day, this is a scheming league. This is not, and yes, Dan Campbell's not calling all the plays. That's Ben Johnson's duty for Detroit. But you get what I mean? I'm picking Kyle Shanahan over Ben Johnson. And so when we get to this game here, this might be the most evenly matched head coaching battle in terms of play calling on offense. I don't know who to choose. You choose the guy that's been there before. You go with Randy Reed, who's just as creative as the Shanahan, doesn't get enough credit for his creativeness, you know, always is cooking up interesting plays from a home's run. Or you choose the Sean McVay style guy of, Shanahan, who's been here before, has lost, learned his lessons, and has made his team even better and even gotten the superpower of Christian McCaffrey to help your team out and a little more stability at the quarterback position. So I, I, there's no right answer here is the the my full thought on this. I can't pick who I like more. You have to give the nod to Reed because he's won more in this position, but he does have Mahomes. So is it more impressive what Kyle Shanahan is doing? Some would argue that. But it's also more also could be said for the other side because Kansas City has their weakest offensive team surrounded by Mahomes in recent memory. So something to think about there. And this is a perfect segue into my favorite part of the of the podcast for these is my X factors for each team. I know in the last couple of games I've been choosing guys that are kind of not under the radar, but not, you know, I'm not choosing the quarterbacks. I'm not choosing their best offensive guys. 
or best defensive guys across the board. But in games like these, the X factors are your most important guys. Yes, there's going to be some sloppy play. Yes, there's going to be some nerves by the younger guys. We see this in all levels of sport. But what we expect and what we need if you want to win is your best players showing up. So X factor coming in this game for the Chiefs is none other than Travis Kelsey. Now, shout out to Taylor Swift. She deserves the praise. She's made it to a Super Bowl in her rookie year. I don't think that stat gets talked about enough. I saw that on uh, threads the other day where someone's like, I've been rooting for the Detroit Lions for 50 years, and Taylor Swift made it to the Super Bowl in her first year, and I just I just started laughing because that's just so true. She picked the right team to join. So shout out to her. I hope she enjoys the Super Bowl and uh, maybe gets on the field for a couple passes there. But back to the, back to the regular scheduled program here. Travis Kelsey is the X factor for the Chiefs because he is setting records left and right. This game is built for him. You see the energy. It's completely different than the regular season, and that's what he has to do. Why? Because he's getting a little bit older. He can't. He won't say this, but he can't give it his all every single game like it's the last possession. But in the playoffs, Travis still has all that juice to play another two, maybe three years at this kind of level where he can turn it on when it means most, just like Mahomes was able to turn it on and really lock in for these past couple games. So he's been turning, he's been set, he's been on a heater and setting records for receptions, yards, etc. But like I mentioned this earlier, here's a stat you need to know about the 49ers. They are the fourth best, they have the fourth best rate versus tight ends. So think about Fred Warner and think about Drake Greenlaw guarding Travis Kelsey. They, these two teams did not play each other this year so that we can't be like, oh, well, when they first matched up, this is what happens. This is kind of your worst kind of nightmare if you're the Chiefs. But then you could have said that last week with Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, but I don't know. I just feel like they have the game plan. I feel like Fred Warner is better than all four of those guys I just mentioned. So I wouldn't be surprised if he keys on, you know, Travis Kelsey throughout the middle of the field. And I wouldn't want Greenlaw hitting me just like I was saying. So he has that kind of fear factor on top of the skill that he already has. So that is something that I think is going to be really important because if you think about Rice, if you think about Sky Moore, you think about Watson, yes, we love those guys. And I called those out and guys out in the past and on my threads and MVS. They make big plays, but then you look back on their stats and they just don't have eye-popping stats. It's been all Kelsey, so why would that change? It needs to continue to be him for them to win. I expect one or two big plays from MVS and Sky Moore, but I really expect Rice and Kelsey to get a majority of the targets there uh, on the field. And maybe maybe Tony will play. I don't know. I don't know what his injury status is. I'll have to check his Instagram after this. Okay. X factor for the 49ers. As you could probably tell, I picked a picked a pretty high name last time. I'm going to pick another high name this time with Debo Samuel. Now, why I choose Debo Samuel is first of all cuz he's great and he needs the ball the second most to Christian McCaffrey on their team in order for them to win because he can not only play in the backfield but across the middle and deep. He's got it all. Yes, Ayuk's more of their deep threat, but I still think Debo can cut across the middle with the best of them as we saw in the NFC Championship. Now, he's a do-it-all player, but on the other side, the Chiefs have McDuffie and Snead. Probably the best two right now in the playoffs and in the regular season, if we think about duos in the league. A lot of people like all the younger talent, but Snead and McDuffie, McDuffie's young in his own right, and Snead as well. But you know what I mean? 
these two are going to play opposite sides of the field. So no matter which side Samuel goes to, someone's going to be there for him. So this is when the Kyle Shanahan play calling comes into play where they're going to have to get creative. They've been able to kind of skate by against bad DBs. I mean, if you think about the Lions, you don't, it doesn't jump off the page in terms of their DBs. I talked about it. Gardner Johnson, I thought was going to be really important last week if the Lions want to win. And he had to be. In the second half, they literally needed to make one stop. Nobody on that secondary could make a stop after having such a good first half. So that just shows how important DBs can be, especially if you're trying to stop the momentum of a player like a Debo Samuel. You get him cooking, it's over because he's a freight train, first of all, and he'll catch anything that comes his way. So overall, he is my X factor when it comes to the 49ers. That kind of wraps up my analysis of the game. As you can tell, we're coming up here on the 30-minute mark. I wanted to keep it short because, first of all, this is the only game that we have to review this week. And again, shout out to all of you guys for following along and enjoying this podcast. Through all of these series, I'm excited to do some off-season work as well. But before we get to the off-season, it's time to make a pick. Now, my pick is simple comes down to getting burned. That 8-4 and four record in the playoffs is choosing two losses for the Chiefs. So technically, I'd be 10-2 and two if I didn't choose the Chiefs to lose the last two matchups. So I am choosing the Chiefs because I don't want to get burned again because Patrick Mahomes might be the second coming of Tom Brady in terms of rings, accolades, and ability. No, ability way more than Tom Brady. But you know what I mean. And third... I worry that if the moment gets a little too big for Brock Purdy and they can't use the run as much because they get down in a game, if they get up, I'm pretty sure there's a stat out there that says something about Kansas City Chiefs are undefeated when they score more than 21 points this year. Look it up. I'm pretty sure that's right. So if this game gets a couple scores under its belt, I'm choosing Mahomes in the clutch and Kelsey over Brock Purdy and having to throw the ball. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. I know there's a lot of Purdy fans hearing this right now and are just like, God, Griffin just won't give Purdy his flowers. I'm sorry. When you're going up against Mahomes, nobody's getting their flowers. I'm not giving anybody. I'm a Seahawks fan. I wouldn't give Geno Smith flowers. You know, this isn't, I'm not going against the 49ers on purpose. So I am taking the Chiefs to beat the 49ers 27 to 24. I expect this to be close. I want it to be close. I want it to be a field goal type of game. Um, do we tr- do we trust Moody's leg too on the 49ers? Do we? Because uh, I think I'm going to choose uh, the other guy, the Chiefs guy, instead of uh, that. And I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. Disrespect by me. So if he makes a field goal, good for him. <laughs> Overall, a lot of notes here. Can't get it all down in my head. Okay, so that kind of wraps up the episode here. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, shout out to everybody on threads. I can't believe we're over 2,300. That's insane. That's insane, guys. Like, I've just picked up my phone and started threading when this app came out. So shout out everyone there. Shout out everybody at Threads that's been talking with me as well. It's been so much fun to do all this and collaborate and use this platform to have a good discourse about sports, etc. And again, I'm just vamping. This is my new outro. I talked to my pop actually, so shout out him because if he's listening to this. I hope you know that I try to get to my point a little bit more concise in this episode. So (laughs) shout out to everyone that listens. It's been awesome. And enjoy the Super Bowl. Listen to this episode, but enjoy enjoy the Super Bowl at the end of the day. So shout out to everyone. Kick back. Have your feet up. Enjoy pizza. And, you know, cheers. 